TFA fam, what is up? It is finally time for the in-season content. We're done with training camp. We're done with drafts. We're done with mocks. We're done with all that. We're into the nitty-gritty. We are kicking things off today. We have week one waivers. Listen, if you drafted early, if you've been hit with the injury bug, you know, Irv Smith, J.K. Dobbins, guys like that. If, you know, maybe you had too many adult beverages at the, the beginning of your draft and you started fading off and you didn't know what you were doing, we're still we're still here to help. We're going to go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And then we will have streaming options for you for kicker and defense in, uh, in separate videos. So, Kev, let's just jump right in, give the people what they want. You kick things off with quarterbacks who are available on waivers this one uh it's pretty straightforward for me one matt ryan like i was surprised he is uh he's only rostered in 44 percent of espn formats great matchup week one against the eagles uh home matchup uh, i might add uh they do have the eighth highest applied point total for the week uh i think it's uh 26 i believe um so i like matt ryan and you know depending on who you pick late uh if, you know if you were a guy that waited on quarterback and you know there's a few quarterbacks here that I, you know that i would maybe take a look at here that that i think do and then uh one just for one week just just for this week i don't think i somebody that i would want to roster for a long period of time but jimmy garoppolo gets the lions this week they have the sixth highest applied point total with 26 and a half uh, only two percent owned so i like jimmy garoppolo this week against the, that sorry ass lions team so give me jimmy garoppolo you know brandon Ayuk is healthy George Kittle, did that full complement of weapons, Debo Samuel. So I like Jimmy Garoppolo here. Um, and then from there, uh, so I think some other quarterbacks, maybe even some long-term options more just than just this one week. But Carson Wentz, you know, it's been an interesting ride with Carson Wentz over this offseason because one, you know, start the you know training camp and everything. He had that broken uh, that, that broken bone in his foot. There was reports of five to 12 weeks. We didn't know how long he was going to be out. Was he going to miss the first few months of the season? Well, he he was able to make it back, and he is, he is on pace to start week one. And so, uh, you know, and then after that, you know, they, he it, it did pop out that he had uh, was was going to be on the uh, COVID, but he was cleared for COVID. Uh, he is back at practice to uh, you know uh, as of uh, this past week. And so, I, I like Carson Wentz, and you know, you get a matchup against the Seahawks. That Seahawks defense is absolutely terrible and so there's nothing really to be worried about there and so you know i i like carson wentz he's only set roster in seven seven percent of leagues if you kind of look at their uh, first four games you get seahawks rams titans and dolphins so some pretty decent matchups there especially you know that week one and three matchup i like that as well so if you're looking to stream i think he's a guy you could definitely do that with i'm not as thrilled uh you know with the rams matchup just because how good that defense is but you know in the in the, in the third game of the season you know against the titans i'm back on board with that so i do like carson Wentz and then from there Sam Darnold you know gets the Jets week one you know there's not not a lot to like there you know DJ Moore Robbie Anderson Christian McCaffrey Terrace Marshall so revenge game oh yeah for sure start out the gate let's go let's go Sam so right only only roster in five percent of leagues but it's not even that they get the Jets the Saints the Texans the Cowboys, the Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons, and Patriots start the year. Like, that is a really juicy schedule to start the season. So, if Sam Darnold can't turn it around, like, I think Sam Darnold could be a, even more than just a one-week guy, somebody that you really want to start for weeks. And so, again, if you draft it late, and, you know, depending on who you may have added, like, I like Sam Darnold taking a shot at him, especially against the Jets. The Jets' run defense is much better than it is the pass defense. So, give me Sam Darnold at 5%. And then – 
couple other guys, Jameis Woodson, I want to hit on him, or the last guys, Jameis Woodson. It's going to be a high-scoring game against the Packers. Now, it is moved. It, 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 I believe this game is in Jacksonville, so it's outside of the Dome. So I do like Jameis. The only concern is, is that how good is this offense going to be? Maybe we should wait a few weeks to see kind of what this offense looks like. Um, and their schedule is not great. I mean, obviously, so you, you get the Packers, Panthers, Pats, Giants, Washington, which is tough, Seahawks, Bucks. And then Falcons, Titans, Eagles. So it is a pretty decent schedule as well. So I do like Jameis as a long-term option just because we know he has that gunslinger mentality. But I also think, you know, once you get Michael Thomas back, who was announced he's starting the season on the pup, who's going to miss the first six weeks. So for me, for sure, priority would be Matt Ryan. If, if he's available, I think you could add him, especially with the matchup they're going to have this week against the Eagles. I think some longer-term ads outside of him is Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. But for this week, Jimmy G definitely, and I think Jameis Winston is viable for this week. But he hasn't hit and miss games there where I, you know, I really wouldn't want to play him against the, uh, you know, Washington football team and probably the Patriots is, is probably going to be a tough one as well. So uh, past that, that, that that's what I got a quarterback. I like that list. I'm going to keep things moving here. I'm going to go right into running back. But I will start off with this: if you are in an ESPN league, go look and see if Tony Pollard is available for whatever reason. And ESPN leagues, he is only rostered in 37% of leagues on ESPN. I don't know why, but if you're in an ESPN league, go check your waivers. There's no reason why that dude should be less than 50% rostered across any, you know, any site, format, whatever it is. So make sure that is the one to go at, but that seemed like that was an anomaly on ESPN. Outside of that, uh, Tyson Williams, obviously, you know, mentioned J.K. Dobbins going down. Gus Edwards is obviously going to step into that RB1 spot, but he is going to split some time. Tyson Williams immediately leapfrogged Justice Hill in the depth chart, so he's someone who is interesting there. They're still Baltimore is still going to be a run-first, run-heavy offense, but especially if these receiving options can't get healthy and stay healthy. Obviously, Watkins, he did return to practice, but he's already been banged up. Marquise Brown already banged up. Bateman on IR, so he's not going to be available for the first uh, three weeks. So, if that continues, they're going to they're just going to revert back to where they were last year. And obviously, Tyson Williams is going to be the one to pick up the uh, the extra carries outside of Gus Edwards. So, or only rostered in twenty seven percent of Yahoo leagues and sixteen percent of ESPN. James White is someone who I'd be looking at in full PPR leagues. He is. He was drafted in just 39% of ESPN leagues, 27% on Yahoo. Again, this is a dude who since 2016 has had fewer than 70 targets just once. Uh, I, I think Damien's is capable as a pass catcher, but didn't really seem like last year from, you know, the I think the 10 games that we saw him in, they obviously didn't look to get him involved in the passing game. I still think that's going to be James White's role. And with Mac Jones being named the starter, that bodes more in his favor than if it were Cam Newton. So that is another name that I like. Uh, more of a handcuff situation, but Daryl Williams, he is uh, he's rostered, I think, less than 10% on both sites. And again, if you have CEH, do not go out and get Daryl Williams. This is more of if, uh, you know, again, 12, 14 team leagues, something like that. If you have that last bench spot, you kind of just want to hold on to and kind of rotate that. I think Daryl Williams is someone who you could hold on to because if he goes, if Clyde goes down, Williams is going to step into that role. I don't think it's going to be a a bigger role or more touches for Jarek McKinnon. He's going to have his, you know, his touches, handful of touches he's going to get. But I think if uh, Ceh goes down, I don't think that automatically means that 
McKinnon's going to come in and all of a sudden be like a 50-50 kind of guy. I think a lot of that work is going to go to Daryl Williams. Uh, a couple of guys here just to rattle off real quickly before we move on to wide receiver. The the two running backs out of Philly behind Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, both these guys are, are pretty available across all formats. What I'm hoping happens, if, if you're looking for someone to stash for the long term, I would go with Kenny Gainwell. I think he could beat out Boston Scott at some point. This dude is legit. Uh, he is the reason why whenever Antonio Gibson came into the league, that he only had what, 35 carries or whatever it was, it's because of Kenny Gainwell. He was the running back who kept uh, who kept Gibson from getting more carries. So he, he's legit, really like him, but Boston Scott's going to be involved, especially early on in the season. So I think both those guys in full PPR leagues anyway are worth a look, again, in deeper leagues. Tony Jones Jr. is, uh, you know, th- there were the reports coming out from the Saints that, or from the beat writers, rather, that Latavius Murray was looking at potentially being on the outside looking in, and he was a candidate to be cut. He obviously was not, but because he wasn't, that does not mean that all of a sudden he's good, like he's the RB2 now and all that is forgotten. It kind of seems like the Saints like Tony Jones Jr. He performed well in the preseason. So that is definitely a name to keep in mind because they're not going to ride Alvin Kamara to 300-plus touches. They've been splitting touches with him his entire career. That's obviously how he's best. It's worked out for them well so far up to this point. I don't think that's going to change. So Tony Jones Jr., again, a deeper name to, to keep in mind. And in the last two, uh, you know, this pains me to say, but it needs to be said, the two Jets running backs. Now, Tevin Coleman is someone who I would potentially look at adding if you went full-blown zero RB. You know, let's say you actually stuck to what the, you know, that's supposed to be and you didn't grab your first running back until sixth, seventh round, something like that. I think Coleman is going to get first crack at being the lead back through the first uh, few weeks. But I don't think he's the long-term option. I think, uh, you know, we this is a Michael Carter-friendly fantasy site, so we still believe in him. But Ty Johnson has been getting a bunch of buzz recently. And, you know, at 5'11", 210, mid 4'4", speed, definitely someone to be excited about if, you know, if, if he can get 60-40 kind of kind of split between him and then Carter and uh, Coleman. So, those are the guys that I would be looking at. Again, not anyone you have to add in like eight or a 10 team league. This is more for, for 12 leagues and up. And then some names to keep in mind in case we have injuries. I definitely agree. So I, uh, there was a couple of guys that I had that I just wanted to, to mention really quickly. And I won Ty Johnson. Pick up Ty Johnson. Pick up Ty Johnson. Pick up Ty Johnson. Like he's only rostered in 4% of leagues, right? And I think that he has the inside track of being the starting running back in this offense, right? Uh, he has looked really good in, in, in the preseason. There's been uh, a steady hype coming out about him. And he has been somebody that I have aggressively uh, targeted in best ball formats all offseason. And I, I there is a very good chance that he is going to be the starting running back here. He is that dynamic runner, somebody that who has a ton of athleticism. And, and it has shown well as a pass catcher. I mean, last year in very, very, very limited opportunity. Still at 21 targets last year. And so pick up Ty Johnson. This is going to be one of those situations where he could be the guy, like Philip Lindsay a few years ago, the guy that kind of come out of nowhere, not a lot of people were talking about, you know, and, and all of a sudden people are like, whoa, why is Ty Johnson getting 18 carries in the week one and, 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 five, and five targets? Like, he could be that guy. Maybe he's not, but I would, I would, I, I cannot 
stress enough to add him, see what happens. He's only he's rostered in such a small percentage of leagues. Add Ty Johnson to the end of your bench. I'm telling you now, don't don't come complaining that we didn't say anything because I, I think that he very well could be the starter in this backfield. And he is more than capable three down running back. Is he an elite running back? No. But in terms of just this one year, like I think he very well could be that kind of breakout running back where he possibly could get you close to a thousand yards, you know, maybe twelve hundred total yards, you know, six to eight touchdowns, something like that, and be a very viable RB2. So Pick up Ty Johnson. The other couple I just want to hit on very quickly. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, PPR format, still like him. I don't mind taking a shot on uh, Ramondre Stevenson, but I think that's more of a wait-and-see kind of approach as well with him. But listen, we don't really want to – because what's going to end up happening with a lot of these handcuff backs is that people are going to drop them. Once once, once, uh, free, or once bye week start, a lot of these guys are going to start to get dropped. After week one, a lot of these guys are going to start to yeah. get dropped. Oh, I dropped this guy. Didn't work out. Boom, kick him out. Don't do that. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about a couple actual wide receivers right now that you're going to see that with because some of them have some tough matchups. And don't just drop them after week one because they didn't pan out the way that you wanted. Qu- very quickly, uh, Jacoby Myers, absolutely love him. I've loved him all offseason. I continue to love Jacoby Myers. He's only rostered in 49% of leagues, 46% of Yahoo leagues. So love him. Gets a decent matchup week one. So, you know, with Mac Jones, I think that's actually a, a big help for him. He, you know, he had 729 receiving yards last year on 81 targets, played the limit, limited uh, amount of games. So I think this offense is going to be better with Mac Jones. So I love Jacoby Myers. I think he could really be a real true breakout this year. So if he's sitting out there, add him now. Uh, the next couple, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's ADP has not really risen whatsoever. He's only rostered in 36% of leagues. Uh, listen, which really doesn't make any sense to me because T.Y. Hilton is out with a neck injury. He's going to miss multiple weeks. And so right now you're looking at Michael Pittman as the starting wide receiver, as the starting X, and then you're probably going to have Paris Campbell. Excuse me, you're going to have Zach Pascal on the on the at the Y, which is going to leave Paris Campbell is going to be starting in the slot for this offense, right? They don't really have a tight end of consequence. Um, I know there was, there's been a lot of hype about Kylan Granson. You know, we'll see what, what role he gets this year. And maybe he takes on a bigger role than people expect him to. But Paris Campbell, listen, I know he's only played nine games over the last two seasons, but that potential still remains there. So as long as he can stay healthy, I love Paris Campbell. And he's probably rostered in 36% of leagues. Another great bench stash to see kind of how this thing plays out. Terrace Marshall, I don't understand 17%. 17%. And I, you know, and I went and checked out the same thing over at Yahoo. Like it makes zero sense to me. Listen, this guy, I get it. He's the number three wide receiver, but we just talked about how great their schedule is. I think there's a real chance that he leads his team in end zone red zone targets this year. I think that's where his role is really going to be be this year. He's a guy that could push for double digit touchdowns this year. So I don't think he's going to have a huge role. He's not going to be a guy that's going to 140 targets, but this dude is is legit. And I think that he is going. He he could push for uh, the best rookie wide receiver this year. It's, it's not a high likelihood, but I think that I still think the opportunity's there. He could surpass Robbie Anderson on the depth chart and become the number two wide receiver on this roster. And I think he's definitely going to be their deep threat, which is kind of what they've done with him uh, so far through preseason. So Terrace Marshall, Adam, I don't understand 17%. Brian Edwards, big time news with the John Brown release. That really opens things up for the, these wide receivers, right? It was kind of going to be a muddled situation. Maybe it's Nelson Aguilar situation again with John Brown. Now that John Brown's been released, Brian Edwards is locked into that X wide receiver role. And he has dominated camp. He has, he has dominated all the headlines. The dude is still, you know, the, the same guy he was last year. He got hurt, I think, what was it, right after week one, and then kind of fell off and never really got an opportunity. But Brian Edwards is a guy that I'm definitely taking shots on 
He should be rostered in more leagues. Only 10% owned in most formats. So give me Brian Edwards. And listen, he's one of those guys that I was talking about, okay? They get a tough matchup against the Ravens. The Ravens have a very good secondary. And so I would not be surprised if he does not have a great game week one, okay? And so if he's a guy, let's say he goes out and, you know, let's say he catches three balls for 30 yards. People are going to drop him. Don't do it. Hold on to him. It's a tough matchup. The other guy that I'm that I want to talk about, but he's not a, a waiver ad, is going to be Marquez Callaway. I want to tell people the same thing. They're playing the Packers. If Jair Alexander, if they decide to shadow him, he's going to get shut down. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. I know there's been a lot of hype. People drafted him. Do not drop him after week one. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Do not drop him. It's a terrible matchup for him. I, I do not expect big things from Marquez Callaway week one. Really quickly on the rest of them, Russell Gage, only rostered 30, 30% of leagues. For a guy who had 110 targets last year, you know, 11 fantasy points per game last year for him. He was also top 10 in red zone targets last year among all wide receivers and top 30 in yards after the catch. Russell Gage should be rostered in more leagues, okay? This defense is still going to be terrible in Atlanta. He's likely the number two, number three guy in terms of targets in, in this offense as well. You know, Julio Jones has got obviously brought in Kyle Pitts. We love Kyle Pitts. But at the very least, he's going to be number three in targets in this offense this year on, a, on an offense that's got to throw throw the ball a ton. So pick up Russell Gage. And I'm not normally a guy who, who advocates for these older vets, older players. But Russell Gage definitely should be, especially in PPR formats. I got really quickly, Elijah Moore, love him. But I think he's going to be a guy who's going to start off slow, probably limited opportunities out the gate. You know, I don't think he takes on the full-time role of slot wide receivers, probably where he's best suited. James Crowder is still there, so he's going to be splitting some time. But Elijah Moore is a superstar in the making, okay? And so I don't think they're going to be able to hold him back all year and give him limited opportunities. We'll see how this plays out. But again, Elijah Moore, only roster in 36% of leagues, which blew my mind, especially with all the hype that he's been getting. Oh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Listen, they cut they, they cut they cut Rashad Perriman. Uh, so he uh, Rashad Perriman is now gone out of that offense. And right now you're looking at what Quintez Cephas, Tyrell Williams, right? And I guess I know people are going to say, well, "What about Tyrell Williams?" You can add Tyrell Williams if you want. Uh, the guy hasn't really been relevant since really 2016 when he had a thousand yard season, but. He is the number one wide receiver for the Lions, and so I don't hate adding Tyrell Williams, see what he can do, but he is a, he is an older player. But Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be the starting slot wide receiver on this offense, and so only rostered in 10% of leagues, so I like I like taking a shot on Amon Ross St. Brown to see what kind of production you're going to get from him. And then Rondell Moore, 17%. Again, I think this is a guy they're going to manufacture touches for. They're going to get him in space, get him out wide do whatever they can to get him going because this dude is an absolute freak of nature in terms of just an athlete. And so I think they're going to really do whatever they can. He played almost primarily in the slot in the preseason. I think you see a lot more of that kind of take over the Christian Kirk role that he had with AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. Really quick, a couple of vets. Listen, this isn't my thing, but I can't go without talking about these guys. I am not as high or I am not as big of an advocate of picking these guys up, but I know a lot of people do. And it's, Randall Cobb, 31% owned. It's going to be the starting slot wide receiver to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers-led offense. A.J. Green, he's drawn a lot of hype this preseason that's saying how, that he looks like he still has some gas left in the tank, and maybe he, he's kind of back. He has suffered a little bit of injuries. But A.J. Green, only 29% uh, rostered. Uh, maybe a, a decent, you know, bye week fill-in, early year kind of play that, you know, you, you kind of ride them and, and then you, you drop them as the season progresses. Deeper leagues, I just wanted to say Nico Collins, Van Jefferson, Gabriel Davis, Josh Palmer are all names that you should be keeping a very close eye on because all of them are either the number three wide receiver in their offenses 
or possibly the number four. Josh Palmer won the number three wide receiver role. They shipped out Tyron Johnson out of that offense. So he is gone. So Josh Palmer has locked up that role as the number three and adjusted Herbert L.A. Charger offense. And so I do kind of like him as a little bit of a speculative ad, but I'm not going to be going out. And if you're in a 10-team league, you're not adding Josh Palmer. But he's a guy to definitely monitor because he could definitely pop off in this offense. So I do like him. Nico Collins is hard to trust in the, with the Texans. But physical specimen, a guy we've talked about some over this offseason. Don't mind him. And then Van Jefferson, Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis is probably the number four wide receiver right now with Cole Beasley still around. But could take on a bigger role if an injury happens to Cole Beasley or to a Emmanuel Sanders who's also older. So that would be the list for me at wide receiver. A lot of, uh, a lot of juicy juicy names in there unlike the 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 running back position going to be a lot of going to be really interesting to see how some of those guys shake out and going from a juicy position to one that is couldn't be couldn't be drier could not be more dried up out here for in these tight end streets really the the guys i'm about to mention you're probably only going to be looking at if you you know drafted irv smith evan ingram something like that other than that like these guys again Names just to keep an eye on, keep your, you know, keep in the back of your mind. Um, you know, if, even if you full, maybe if you fully punted and grabbed someone who like you weren't thrilled about, like maybe you drafted early and you grabbed Troutman and his kind of involvement is, is up in the air. But outside of that, you're probably good with the tight end you drafted, but some names to keep, uh, keep an eye on. Uh, Blake Jarwin, kick things off with him, had a bunch of hype going into last season. First game of the year, he gets injured. And then Dalton Schultz ends up coming in, goes uh, 63 for just over 600 yards and four scores. I think Jarwin could have, you know, somewhere around the, the same sort of same sort of production because, again, we have to remember Dak got injured week five. So after that, it was, you know, Danucci and, uh, and Andy Dalton and, and guys like that. So I think Jarwin is someone to, to keep in mind for, for further on down the road. Cole Komet is someone who could carve out a, a nice role for himself because outside of A. Rob and Mooney, I mean they're they're pretty they're pretty starved for for playmakers. I I mean Montgomery can you know he does well in the passing game, but he's not exactly what I would call a weapon. Tariq Cohen's not going to be ready for the first few weeks either. So I think Komet could could come out and make a you know make a name for himself. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you go back and look at like the last. I think it was like maybe like five or six weeks of the season last year. You really saw Komet start to take over that tight end one role ahead of Jimmy Graham in terms of uh, snaps and targets and things like that. So that's a name to keep in mind. Uh, the hype on Anthony Ferks are really died off. But if you want to look at somewhere else that is super thin a pass catcher, the Titans certainly fit that bill with, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and then Josh Reynolds. Like so, they're thin. I, I know there was a bunch of people who were making a big deal about the fact that Ferkser was only coming in on third downs. That at least tells me that he's a pass catching tight end, right? So maybe uh, you know maybe he can get a couple more cracks early on in some of those early downs. Nate, uh, some some other names just to keep in mind: Brevin Jordan, uh, the the rookie out of Miami. Apparently, there was a, a report from a beat reporter that beat reporter that came out. It said that he could have an impact very early on in the season. Kev, you were just talking about Nico Collins and how thin that is outside of Brandon Cooks. So Brevin Jordan could be a guy to pay attention to. Another rookie, Penn State, Pat Fryermuth, uh, played really well in that one preseason game. He was getting a bunch of buzz throughout the offseason and throughout camp as well. 
I think right now he could already be the better blocker over Eric Ebron. So if he can start eating into that workload, and I think he's just as good in terms of his athleticism and pass catching ability. So he's someone who could be the starter, you know, maybe by the middle of the year or so. So that's another name to keep an eye on. Outside of that, like I said, uh, going from wide receiver to, to this list is you, you can definitely tell a difference, but those are just some names to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's it's rough out in these streets. Rough out in these streets. But remember, rough. like I said, don't overreact to whatever happens to week one, okay? There's going to be some stuff that we're going to learn, obviously, that we didn't know before. You know, kind of how you know, really just probably playing time, snap shares, you know, opportunity shares for running back, stuff like that. But don't overreact, right? Don't just drop somebody that you drafted in the ninth round just because they had one bad week, right? I'm looking at you, Marcus Cowboy, somebody like that. You know, don't drop that guy just because of one bad week. But don't also overreact to once, you know, uh, you know, after week one. We'll probably talk about this next week, what, you know, after week one happened. Don't also go out and blow your entire fab budget on one player because you think that this is going to be the guy, right? It's one of the most important waiver waiver weeks there is of the year just because it's the first, you know, real information we get about these guys outside of the, the limited acts you see in preseason game. So that's all I would say about that. It's just, it's just. You know, I, I definitely would be dr- turning over the bottom of the roster. And here's if you have two quarterbacks, yeah. you play in a single quarterback league. Drop the second quarterback. If you if, if it's a tight end. Unless it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Yeah, if, if it's one of those guys, okay, I'm fine with it because you're you're waiting on those guys out. But other than that, drop your your second quarterback, drop your second kicker. Heaven forbid if you have a second kicker or a second defense is you should probably just punch yourself in the face, okay? Because there's never a reason you should be drafting two kickers or two defenses, okay, ever. And so drop those guys, add some of the players we mentioned, because some of these guys are really going to pop off this year. And uh, like I said, I think that uh, Ty Johnson, that's all I'm going to say. Week one waiver ads is a wrap. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button if this is the first time you are checking out the channel. Leave a, leave a comment, hit us with a like as well. And then also the Discord. We'll be in there. That's going to be active all day long, answering as many of your questions as we can in there as well. So looking forward to to this year with all of you, and make sure you're keeping it locked in, and we'll talk to you soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.